Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. reading for today is Acts 9 verses 36 through 43. Now in Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity which she continually did and it happened at that time that she fell sick and died and when they had washed her body they laid it in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, imploring him, do not delay in coming to us. So Peter arose and went with them. When he arrived, they brought him into the upper room. And all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. And calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. It became known all over Joppa, 
and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed many days in Joppa with a tanner named Simon. Morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Praise for the singing, praise for the morning. Praise for Thank you, Jerry. Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, today is Mother's Day. A special day for many who are mothers and an opportunity to appreciate the gifts and care that mothers offer to others, particularly their children. But did you know that Mother's Day is one of those days that preachers approach with trepidation? Though Hallmark might attest to the contrary, Mother's Day is often fraught with conflicted and complicated emotions as it is also sometimes pure joy and gratitude. Some of us have mothers who have passed on in the last year or recent past. And for some, the pain connected to the loss of mother resurfaces on this day, even though the day 
of passing may have been several years in the past. The way that our society can tie womanhood and motherhood is also problematic and can become more pronounced on this day, not offering appropriate and important honoring of all women's life paths and choices. There are women among us who are trying to become mothers and are yearning in a not yet time, and women who have lost children too. There are mothers whose relationships with their children are conflicted, and children whose feelings about their mothers are layered and complex. This is complicated territory. A story in the San Francisco Chronicle this last week said that more than 32,000 children in California and over 200,000 children nationwide have lost a parent or a primary caregiver to COVID. And at least 16,000 children have lost their sole parent or only caregiver. Even as we celebrate joy on this day, we acknowledge that there are persons who are sorrowing. Jesus himself often referred to family relationships in a way that complicated the ties and responsibilities of these relationships. He said, whoever loves father or mother before me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Well, that's definitely not a Hallmark message. I don't know if you've ever seen that one, but those are the words of Jesus. The words that our choir sang this morning are from Prayer for the Children, written as voice of children in war-torn Sarajevo lifting up cries of help for Jesus or a body of Christ that might respond in their need. Our scripture today from Acts tells the story of Tabitha, also known as Dorcas. She was a beloved woman and the scripture tells us that she was always doing good, acts of charity, helping the poor. And just before the scene in our scripture for today, she has gotten sick and she has died. The widows whom she had helped were gathered around her in mourning, along with others who had experienced her care. This gathered community heard that Peter was close in the town of Lydda and they sent for him. And when Peter arrived, the widows attested to him how much Dorcas had cared for them, showing the clothes she had sewed for them. And though some traditions say that Dorcas herself was a widow, we actually don't know this. We don't know if she was a mother or if she had a biological or extended family of her own. But what we do know is that Dorcas was the hub of a community that included widows, the poor, the needy, even the disciples. She was mother to them. Dorcas was a sewer of clothes. The threads she spun and pulled through cloth, symbols of individual acts of her love and care. Like the many threads needed for a tight weave, she held together many relationships and people. It seems the scripture is telling us 
A community had gathered around Dorcas in her death because she had gathered a community around her that gave life. When Peter arrived on the scene, he sent them all out of the room. He got down on his knees and he prayed. And then he told Dorcas to get up. And miraculously, she did. She opened her eyes and she sat up. And then Peter took her by the hand and she got up and she returned to the widows mourning her. This was, of course, a miracle. And when I think of my beloved mother-in-law and my grandmothers who have passed on, of course, I would love to be with them again, to see them get up and walk. But when I imagine them, I know they are already with me, just in that intentional conjuring, in that presence, they become present to me in spirit. In reflecting on Dorcas's resurrection and the loss of his own mother to dementia, Reverend Dr. Derek Weber of the United Methodist Discipleship Ministries has said, sometimes miracles happen and those we thought gone are returned to us. More often, the miracle is that the threads remain, but they grow and change and become something new, something holy and we find we can continue on after all. I am who I am because of my mother. A disease can't take that away, can't undo the threads of my being. And whatever the future holds, I will honor her for what she has stitched for me, stitched into me. We are the lives we touch and that touch us. We are the threads we wear. The truth is that it was not just Dr. Weber's or our own mothers or our grandmothers or our aunties or our parents who stitched into us the threads of our being and which have allowed us to find goodness and grace even in the face of their passing, but the church community that has mothered and continues to mother us. This is the frame that holds together the cloth into which so many threads are woven. In reflecting on the resurrection of Dorcas, this source life for the early Christian community and the mothering she gave to others, I give thanks to God for this miracle. In a world that then as now can be focused on survival and pitting group against group, the example of drawing others into a circle of Care is a North Star for us. I give thanks for the miracle of people who each hold a thread of presence and care and weave these threads together, making a community of nurture, healing, and love. You may have noticed in your bulletin today that it says both Mother's Day and Mothering Day. And while we celebrate mothers today, we are also celebrating the act of mothering, which is really a celebration of community and the village it takes to raise a child, to care for those in need, and to create a tight fabric of love around each person. When we think of children who have lost a parent or caregiver to COVID, when we think of children in war-torn places like Sarajevo, Sarajevo or the Ukraine, 
We know that there are ways that we, even now, can be the threads that surround them with a fabric of community. As you go out from this place today, I hope you'll find someone to thank, especially someone whose caring may have been overlooked. You might want to take a minute today to stop by our nursery and give thanks to Joan and Anna who lovingly care for our children and babies every Sunday, even though we don't see them here in worship, they make our worship possible. Some of the babies and children they've known for a while, some they just meet that morning, but they enfold them into that loving space, both uh, while the parents are meeting in the parents' group before worship and during our worship time. Or you might wanna say a thanks to Barbara Vaughn and Sharon Strawn, who lovingly grace our altar every Sunday with beautiful arrangements, an invisible act of care that brings beauty and love and life into our space. Or you might want to express your thanks to someone who taught you something about being a disciple or being a person of integrity or how to navigate a particularly challenging chapter of life as our Stephen ministers do. Or you might wanna thank someone who has been with you through many seasons, mothering you with care, support, presence, and nurture. There are so many who make this place and this world a place of life. And so I invite you to take some time to consider all that surrounds us in love and care and the invisible, often unnoticed hands that make it happen. To whom can we express our gratitude? It might just be the person you are sitting next to in the pew right now. So I challenge you as you go out from this place today to express gratitude to five, maybe even 10 persons and see what change is wrought in your own heart. This Easter season, which we're in right now, is the time in the cycle of the Christian year when we're figuring out what it means to be the body of Christ in a post-resurrection world. After Easter, the early disciples were, uh, they knew that, that Christ was no longer with them in his earthly body. And they were struggling to understand what it meant that he had given them and us responsibility to be his body on earth. In our scriptures in this post-resurrection time, Christ is risen, but he continues to show up to the disciples and his followers in spirit and in energy. This, this moment between Easter and Pentecost is a very special moment. You know, we, we, we don't really understand exactly what it means that he kept showing up, but I really believe that he was energy, just pure energy at that time, because he kept telling people not to touch him. And so I think what that's trying to say to us is that he was manifest in the energy of spirit that was so strong that people could actually see him, but if they touched him, it would be sort of like an electric shock. And that's this moment that we're in now, this, this space between Easter and 
the resur- and the, and Pentecost when the church is born, when Christ is showing up in presence and in power and reminding the disciples and us that that presence and power is always available to us when we turn towards love and gratitude and life and life that conquers death. The disciples in this moment are aware of themselves as separate individuals, individuals who followed an earthly man, but they're trying to move into being merely followers of Jesus, individual threads, to being a dynamic and integrated whole, a woven together body that carries on his presence, his message, and his ministry in the world. Of course, we know that biblically this this season of quest to understand what the post-resurrection time uh, asked of them ends at Pentecost with the birth of the church, which we'll celebrate this year on June 5th. But in a sense, we are always working on this task of weaving our individual threads into a robe made strong by each contribution, each attempt to offer something to the whole, each offering of gratitude, care, connection, nurture. These threads then make a cloth that covers us and all who are in need, like the robes that Dorcas sewed. Today, let us celebrate that we are mothers and fathers, parents to each other. And let us celebrate the action of nurturing, of caring, of giving life, of mothering, of parenting, of being the body of Christ. Let us give thanks for and to all who have offered care as we recognize the family of Christ that we are blessed to be a part of. And let us give thanks to God, the creator and parent of us all made manifest in the person of Jesus Christ who calls us into communion with himself and with each other, weaving the threads of love and understanding and care into new family and new life. Amen.
podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week.
all your goodness and kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will live in her house forever Amen.